Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and this is a special quincentennial episode, our 500th episode. And for that, Apple has released some huge news, uh, namely a USB-C Apple Pencil. But we're going to get to that, some iPhone talk, and we have a special guest this week. This episode is brought to you by FastMail. I love that for my email provider. And my good friend William Gallagher is joining me. How's it going, William? Well, really, really badly. I've spent a week trying to count how much time it would take to listen to all 500 episodes. And firstly, I couldn't get all the way back, couldn't add up my fingers. Then I realized this is the 500th. So until this is done, I don't know what the... just It's been a a confusing week. Other than that, fine. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. And, And I'm excited because we're not the only two on this episode this week for our 500th special episode returning uh used to you know be on the show regularly and he was requested by several listeners neil hughes thanks for joining us (laughs) back by popular demand right back by popular demand 0.0 neil all is forgiven okay (laughs) let's just say that you talk about going back and 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 listening to all 500 episodes william i was on a, a, a lot of them back in the day and i remember when we first started doing this hiding in a bathroom so we could get the best possible audio quality because the itunes reviewers were relentless they would leave comments about you know my cat in the background and every noise you know the the, the quality had to be pristine and i i was sweating with no air conditioning in a bathroom just for everybody's pleasure here so. that's right how far we've come yes and and let's do a short nostalgia trip so i I was had the privilege of launching this podcast. It was in 2015, I believe, it was January 2015, and uh, I was on the first maybe uh, 10 or 15 episodes of it. And Neil, I think it was you and I, uh, at least for the very mm-hmm. first one, I believe, or the first 10. And so, yeah, it's uh, has come full circle. 500 episodes. Let's see, 2015. The quick math here: eight years, so close to a decade uh, of this podcast. Whoa, wait a minute. By Apple standards, we're obsolete. Wait then that's true. Oh, that's oh, no. true. No, no, no. That's for I liked being vintage, no. but... I'll take oh. vintage. I'll take vintage. Okay. Throw us in okay. the landfill with the ET cartridges. <laughs> exactly. And the leases. Listen, I just I just bought an iPod video on eBay. So even discontinued Apple devices have a really? lot. Really? Yeah, I just I was nostalgic. Swan I still have a classic in my uh, in my drawer, but the problem is it doesn't work with Apple Music. So It does not. Have, you, you it's know. really annoying because I really wanted to yeah. put a Lost on it because that's the first thing I watched oh, on my first iPod right. video. And uh, yeah, I couldn't do it. But anyway, we have exciting news. Apple was really kind to give us some of the biggest news of the year for our 500th episode, uh, namely a middle-of-the-road Apple Pencil and a health research in Pickleball. And so we'll get we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but as customary, we have some five-star reviewers to thank. And I even actually have two audio clips from listeners of the Apple Insider podcast, one with a question, one just thanking us. And so would love to uh, share that with you all, and then we can uh, comment on it. That'd be fun. I want to thank our five-star reviewer, Sparko978 from the Northern Ireland in the United Kingdom. Thanks for that. Huh. A. Rogers, which was a Brit, now living in North Carolina. William, I think you should follow suit. I think you should move. Come on over. The water's fine. Oh, okay. I thought that's how you like go away. No, for a no, minute. no. I was he's confused. he's doing it. He moved okay. to North Carolina. Okay. I think you should do it too. While we're UKing, though, I should say he's called it the Northern Ireland. It's just Northern Ireland, and there is so much history into that that you don't want to go into. Oh. But just so it's not like it's an island <laughs> to the <laughs> north. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so it's England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland. It's a, yeah, let's. I better shut up there because it gets messy. Oh, <laughs> okay. no, do, do we just create an international situation? <laughs> this okay, very good. Jack the Toolboy from the USA. IDK Adam from the USA. 
loves the chapter art. And so thank you. Yes, if you listen to Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or Overcast, basically anything but Spotify, you get custom chapter art uh, for the show. And then Minjin17 from Honolulu, Hawaii, he had reviewed us before. He gave us four stars, but it was a mistake. Rest assured to everyone. Yeah. Oh, oh. And honestly, I feel like everyone who's given us a one-star review over the years was a mistake also. So please go back and correct that. But. <laughs> well, I figure the one-stars add up. Uh, but <laughs> you're absolutely sure... He meant five, not three. He meant or, he or, meant yeah, five. I'm sorry, he or she. I'm sorry, he I meant five. I, I did have a right. relative who was trying to give us five stars, and they thought they had to like press each star individually to like fill them up, <laughs> and then it just ended up being a one star. Yeah. <laughs> Submitted after help. one. So I have a collection of screenshots of negative reviews that specifically mention me. So oh, I, nice. I do, enjoy them. do you I for do real? Enjoy them. Oh yeah, I, I'll send you some after this. There, there's Why? Some Why do you do that? Oh, I just, I, just, I really don't like myself. So just let me. Oh just my goodness, this now. is your, you brood at night and you see reread these comments <laughs> as you know I've, I've been on youtube more and uh you know william's a youtube star as well and so you you get comments well to say oh, we yeah. have to say so so many of you have wonderful things to say about this show and home kit insider which if you didn't know you should listen to home kit insider every monday me and andrew talk about smart home and home kit devices and apple insider daily also monday through friday top headlines uh, in just a few minutes and i will say again so much positive feedback and actually i'll play one now from one of our wonderful listeners that actually sent in a nice thing to say because uh, I tweeted that out. So here's that. It's Scott from Sydney, Australia here. I just wanted to congratulate you guys on the 500th episode of the podcast. I have been a long time listener and really love the podcast and everything that you do. Thank you so much and keep up the awesome work with the podcast. Let's talk about the news. Huge news this week. Massive. All right. We were going to see maybe iPads, iPad mini. There was some rumors that there was like a rumor roundup. I really wanted to see like a cage match between all the rumor mill people like Ming-Chi Kuo and Mark Gurman just getting a ring together. Some were saying iPads, some were not. Spoiler, there were no iPads. All we got was a pencil. No, I'm sorry. Actually, let's be totally accurate. First, that was a great comment glowing from that. Lovely. But also new eSIM version of the iPad in China. Mm. Tell me that isn't mm. a headline. That's, yeah. Come on. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yes. <laughs> and so <laughs> That isn't a headline. That's what you're saying. Uh, okay. It right. is a headline. It's just, you know. So we have a new Apple Pencil. Uh, this caused much controversy because everyone felt like this is very confusing. And so basically what Apple launched was a pencil that is now the most inexpensive pencil at $79. It's $69 for education. $80. Bucks. The first generation Apple Pencil with lightning connector is still around for $100. $20 more. And the Apple Pencil second generation that charges wirelessly is $130. So those are the three pencils we have now. And the USB-C, the new one, which is, to reiterate, $80, has a USB-C port that you plug it into charge. And it lacks some of the features from the second generation Apple Pencil, namely pressure sensitivity and wireless pairing and charging. So in order to pair it and charge it, you have to plug it in. Uh, only the second generation has that uh, capability. This is basically for the iPad that has USB-C, the base model iPad, but not like the base base model that still has the home button. This is for like just the regular base model. And so then everybody commented like, this is now just as confusing as the iPad lineup and, uh, you know, good for clicks, I guess. But I don't know. Uh, Neil, do you feel like this is as confusing as it sounds? 
Yeah, it's a complete mess, but that makes it fit in perfectly with the iPad lineup. You know, it's just like the entire iPad lineup is a complete mess. You know, it's like, okay, this thing charges via USB-C. That's great. It's cheaper. That's great. It attaches magnetically to the side, but doesn't charge magnetically like the other ones do. So, you know, people are going to put it on there and think maybe it's charging or, you know, it connects to certain some some devices will have the magnetic slot for it to hold. Some won't. Uh, Yeah, it's it's just uh, I I think I'm glad that it exists because a lower cost Apple Pencil that improves you know uh input with the device and the range of inputs is is ultimately a good thing but they should have at the very least gotten rid of the first generation model but they can't because you know it has certain features i don't know that's that's the deal like the the ipad with home button which is the ninth generation it needs to go away i understand why it's not gone away because it's the cheapest and with education discount it's 300 dollars. whereas the 10th generation the one with usb-c and the camera in the right place is 450 And until that price can drop, I think, Apple is going to keep both of them around, which looks like this is going to be the first year in a while where we have not had any new iPads launch. No new Air, no new Pro, no new base model, which is typically the one that gets that annual refresh cycle. It's just no new iPads. So, And I know William was just dying to buy yet another iPad Pro, and yet now he cannot. He cannot do it. So I don't know, William, are you confused by this Apple Pencil? Are you going to get one? I'm confused by the last few moments. I was doing all right until then. <laughs> uh, okay, the, pe- I, the original pencil is going to sure. go away, fine. And then we'll be just left with these two, and that would make sense. Except the thing I realized, I, just as you were saying, I realized I don't know. The new pencil, is it also limited to specific iPads like the other one? I got The confusion for me was you have to have the right pencil for the right iPad, and I think that's terrible. Uh, but does the new one just work with whatever you've got? I believe it works with all of them. It works with all of them. Yeah. Then that's a good thing it is i could tell you actually i was on holiday in tokyo and we were going through the hotel stuff and my wife called it say do you want your apple pencil i haven't got an apple pencil someone had left one in there and it turned out to be it worked with my ipad so it's the best bit of the holiday practically paid for the holiday it, itself you're just looking at <laughs> no, me no. Now, <laughs> the bar is low i think so i'm looking at the compatibility and basically the the second gen apple pencil that we've had for a while and this new one It's compatible with all the same devices, except the new one adds the 10th generation iPad, which is, again, I think answers the question, Mm. what is this for? If you were looking at an Apple Pencil, while this is $50 cheaper than the second generation Apple Pencil, I would encourage anyone, save the money and and get the second gen Pencil because that experience is just going to be so much better to charge and pair it wirelessly just by slapping it on the top, as opposed to having to plug a cable into this thing. But... I have an iPad Pro and an iPad Mini, and I switch my pencil between both, and that's one of the best features. Yes. You slap it on the side, and it automatically connects. It's just so much easier. Exactly. I do the same thing, and that's uh, that would be a lot more cumbersome if you had to connect it to a cable. But I was hopeful that there was going to be an iPad Mini this week, and I was uh, overly optimistic. Did not happen. You know, <laughs> I went on a trip a couple weeks ago, and I did an experiment, and I just traveled with my iPad Mini to see what I could get away with, and it worked surprisingly well. Actually, I was I was pretty impressed. I didn't bring a Mac. I didn't bring my iPad Pro. You know, I've always been a big iPad guy. I like the full size one, but sure. uh, in recent years, I've, I've found that it's just like too big, too cumbersome. The the Magic Keyboard's too heavy. At that point, I'd rather just bring a laptop, and I can do pretty much everything that I would need to do with my iPad Mini. And so I there I was taking work calls. Um, I was editing video from a GoPro on it that I was transferring over via USB-C cable. I I had to do some work. I I designed a a PowerPoint on it and it worked very well. I didn't really have a lot of issues with it. And so, you know, I think that the iPad Pro is just like the whole lineup's in a weird place. And the fact that they didn't update anything this year, I hope that Apple 
people is using the opportunity to take a long, hard look in the mirror <laughs> and figure out what they're doing. Because you think about back in the yeah. day, Steve Jobs, and not to, you know, whatever, but Steve Jobs would would brag, you know, we can fit all of our products onto one table here. It's a very simple lineup. Oh, sure. You couldn't fit all the iPads onto one table with so, all the different configurations. Yes. Here's the crisis I'm in because I have an iPad mini. It's not a crisis. This is like the most like privileged <laughs> crisis to be in. Um, so I, I really use an iPad because the big question is like, what is an iPad for? And like, I've had that question answered for myself. I edit podcasts on iPad. That's like the main use case. The other day, I actually used Final Cut on iPad, believe it or not, to edit some like drone footage of a skate park. My kids went to a skate park. I took some drone footage. Awesome. It was really fun, actually. And, and Final Cut worked well for that. It was fun to do it on the iPad. Had the little USB hub to import the SD card footage. But for me, it's like, I don't like having to manage two iPads. Like I love the mini for reading. Sometimes I edit podcasts on there just because it's so light. You can't beat it. But I love the promotion of the 12.9 inch iPad Pro and the XDR screen. Only the 12.9 inch has the best screen of all the iPads. And I, I think back there, I used to just have an 11 inch and that was a wonderful time because it felt like kind of a mix between all the worlds. It was really good, but I want the best screen and the magic keyboard makes it really heavy. And so I was maybe next year, some of the rumors are that the magic keyboard will be updated to be lighter and thinner. I think that would help. I've been rocking the smart keyboard folio and I've actually really enjoyed it because it's so much lighter. And I feel like my 12.9 inch isn't as cumbersome to carry around, but I don't know. William, you have the 12.9 inch, right? I mean, do you, do you feel any of this consternation? No, I used to have a 12.9 and I miss it, actually. I used to love, oh. it felt like you, your hands were in the apps. You were like, you, the way you were kneading bread, you were using it. Uh, but I just, I could not afford a 12.9 again. I went for the 11 and I'm almost, almost always very happy <laughs> with it. I just, I miss that little extra real estate. But the, the fact that if I don't know what I'm going out to do, I don't know how long I'm going to be, I can just pick that up in its uh, magic keyboard case and know I've got everything I need for it. So I run workshops, I film things, I record things, and then I'll read a book or watch some TV on it. So iPads are for everything. Mm. Except, I admit, I've just been away for a few days somewhere working and I had to use the Mac because the sheer volume of words I had to get out. <laughs> right. um, I, could, I don't know how you can cope with that keyboard. It's not even a proper keyboard, really. It's a pretend keyboard. The Magic Keyboard is a very much better keyboard. That's not great English. It's a very good keyboard. Uh, well, I just want to say, you know how Apple sometimes quotes now journalists and YouTubers at the beginning of their events? I really hope they quote you, William, and they just say the 12.9-inch iPad is like kneading bread. Just have your hands in it. I just hope to see that quote on there. That's what it's like to use the iPad. The lines are already forming to buy them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Did you ever not feel that, though? It's so much more um, immersive somehow, the 12.9. And I don't know. It, it, it feels immersive. I mean, like when I'm editing podcasts, it feels that way. But the promotion, I think for me, makes a bigger difference because I scroll quickly back and forth. And when I do that on the iPad yeah. mini, it jelly and like oh, yeah, blurry. Oh, yeah, the screen is much worse. Yeah. yeah, and it just is like my eyes like struggle to really focus on what I'm doing, whereas the ProMotion allows me to track it much better. And so that for me makes a bigger difference. But I really cannot tell the difference with ProMotion. I don't know. I mean, I've got screens that have it and I think the screens are very nice. But until I put them side by side or something, I can't tell a difference at all. So am I just blind? I mean, writing is, is not like a big ProMotion oh, uh, thing. But well, you don't know how fast I type. I mean, come <laughs> that on, it's true. Seriously, okay. how many words okay. a minute do you type, William? Now that I, I wonder, it used to be 120, but that's Ooh. a long time since I tested myself, that's and I think it must be below. But I'm getting, I'm doing about 20,000 words a week or so, so it's yeah, you know, it's not that's, slow. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you don't usually brag on this show, but that's that was a pretty good brag. 
I'm down for it. <laughs> I'm down 120 words. Okay, I was being factual. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. You know, I think the most telling thing about the iPad Pro is, the, and, and Apple's lack of clarity on it, is the fact that a few years ago, they launched it with 16 gigs of RAM as an upgrade option. And that was clearly, <laughs> purely because they wanted to consolidate the supply chain so they could have consistency across the Mac. Mm. And people were going out and buying and going, oh, there's going to be an update to iPad OS this year. It's clearly going to take advantage of the 16 gigs. No, it didn't. And it's completely unnecessary. And you don't need that much hardware on an iPad. You just don't. Listen, when I'm doing split screen, I think that 16 gigs is doing doing work when i'm split screening <laughs> notes so? and uh, safari okay yeah it's yeah, really it's yeah. really getting it working hard neil because i don't think you've been on since this feature launch do you use stage manager anywhere i do actually yes oh, really? so i have it set up right now so i'm on an apple uh, studio display and then to the left of it i have two ipads i have an ipad mini and i'm using universal control for these and i do split screen between uh mail a personal mail and an iMessage oh. and then on the ipad pro 12.9 inch i use a, a stage manager for that uh and i have a bunch of work apps open do you have stage manager on your mac or are you just doing that normal just on my ipad i would do not <laughs> I don't hate myself that much. <laughs> okay. Everyone would tell me about stage manager and that I really need to give it another go. Uh, at least it's not great. It's not great, but it is, you know, the fact that I can have four apps open on an iPad and just glance over and have it when I'm using it as a second screen is nice. Right. But if I take my iPad away from my computer and I'm not using it with the mouse and keyboard here and I'm just using it as an iPad, there's no way I would use stage manager. Mm, okay. William, you're not a stage manager guy, are you? No, not at all. And I do occasionally use my iPad as a, a universal control screen and I use it to have things I can look at, but then it will be OmniFocus and the calendar at most, um, usually one or the other. I, one or the other i don't tend to need to refer to a lot on it so okay. i never actually thought of using stage manager just for that uh but i'm not going to so <laughs> i would go. use stage manager on an ipad mini if they if they uh gave it the m1 chip that'd be, that'd be great i would totally do that I, I would totally do it it would be totally usable like i said i worked on on a trip with this i had a keyboard and mouse there it would totally be manageable okay i would love for them to put an m1 and promotion that's all i want apple i would love that i would love that all right uh, 17.1 the release candidate came out earlier this week so we should be seeing it next week uh, not a, a ton of updates. There is like Matter lock support in iOS 17.1. So that's cool. Uh, there's also different display options for standby mode, which is helpful. I still cannot get the home widget in standby mode to actually work with custom devices. Hmm. Uh, it just glitches out every time. And so maybe it'll fix that. I think I think widgets are broken across the board in iOS 17. Since I've updated, all my third-party widgets are showing up as blank. I'll load the app, and then when I restart, they don't load again. So I think that's just a big system-wide problem. It's a feature. I think it's a feature. Just keep, keep <laughs> you focused. Mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that also on my Apple Watch, there's been complications in WatchOS 10 that just don't appear. Like my AnyList uh, complication, just it's just a dash. Mm-hmm. It's just a line. It yep. doesn't show anything. So hopefully that'll get fixed. That'll should be coming out next week. Still no journal app. It looks like we'll have to wait till 17.2. That's exactly what I was going to ask you about no sign of journal no sign of journal and I, that was one of the things i was most excited about from wwdc and so i'm hopeful for that i also really was looking forward to the crosswords in apple news plus and i know you've got them but outside of the us and i think canada oh, you we don't have haven't them. so oh. no oh my. so yeah you just keep talking about them that's all fine <laughs> how hard could the international licensing on a crossword puzzle be you know like i expect actually it's the sourcing uh of it who writes it yeah we're not we're not dealing with the wg 
VGA writer's strike here. Like, this is a crossword puzzle. I actually, I have a friend who's a horror novelist, but also does crosswords. So I actually gave his name to Apple. So will this help? Please. Yeah, they didn't really respond. Oh, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's a language thing. Because, you know, if the, if the prompt is, you know, what do you wait in at the store before the cash register? You would say Q. We would say line. It causes an international issue. That's again. true. Yes. That's you know. true. Could be. Actually, there have been a lot of complaints. Is it uh, Wordle? Oh, yeah. There have been some, uh, either US or you. I'm not sure it's around, which way around it was, but the wrong spelling yes. for a lot of the audience and stuff. Aluminium. So. <laughs> That's too long for Wordle. Uh, me and my family actually do Wordle every day. And so, yes, there were a couple words that were like, we have never heard of this. And uh, some of them might have had like a French like root or whatever. And uh, one was British, which was clearly wrong. But yeah, that's, that's what we <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, this is a cool update. Uh, Mark Gurman had this in the Power On newsletter, but that Apple is developing a system where they'll be able to basically turn on iPhones in the box before they are sold so they can update the software to the latest version before they are sold or before they get delivered to customers. And this way, when you open it and set it up, you don't have to be prompted with that update your software or, uh, from this new phone. Mm. And uh, that's pretty wild and pretty cool. That's uh, It sounds, uh, I mean, it was so incredible. It sounded like a gag. I actually looked to see the date. <laughs> but then, yes, you think that's Apple doing something really imaginative, really clever. But just think of it in the stores when you're the poor man or woman whose job is to put one box after another over it all day, updating oh, is it this a thing? thing. Oh, that's it's just, a, so it's not like a push yeah? thing, like a mobile management type thing well it sounds like you put it on top of them transfers yeah. to the box right oh, like there's some sort of a connection that would be painstaking so there you yes. go you know what this made me think of was you know magsafe we've had it for a few years i love magsafe i'm a big magsafe yes. fan there's an nfc chip in magsafe and the only thing that it gets used for is to let the phone know the color of the wallet that you've attached to it <laughs> and it's like think of all the things we could do yes. like we could put any supposedly like, standby mode the nfc chip will remember what you have set in standby mode per magsafe MagSafe device. Oh, true. So if you have a yes. MagSafe stand in the kitchen and you have standby mode with widgets there, it should always show that widget screen. And then on your nightstand, right. if you just use a clock, it should show that. I've not gotten that to work yet, but it's supposed to. Oh. I have a MagSafe thing mounted on my nightstand for when I go to bed. And I actually, because the NFC reader in the iPhone is above where MagSafe is, I have an NFC sticker on my nightstand that'll trigger a nighttime mode when I go to sleep. But mm -hmm. it has to be positioned just right for when I lay it down. <laughs> but like, why can't that just be built into the MagSafe thing? I should just be able to program it to do whatever I want. Right. I guess it would make sense. Yeah. Cause I mean, I love NFC everything, but I've also, you know, you can trigger shortcuts with an NFC tag. Right. You can make automations there. You can do it with an Apple watch though. And I've always found to be annoying because the Apple watch clearly has NFC cause you can do Apple pay, uh, wherever. I use it for my door lock, yeah. Yeah, yeah, home key and everything. Like, I would love just to be able to tap my watch on a little sticker, at, and William's going to make a joke about me hitting my Apple Watch on door frames a little bit. At, yeah. <laughs> in a moment. But I would love to just be able to do that, like, especially in the car, because I have an NFC tag there, which is like, start playing a podcast when I scan this, 100%. whatever, and so yep. nice. But William, did you have a joke you'd like to share? <laughs> well, yeah, but I'd, I'm going to go with a complaint oh, okay, instead. Uh, you were saying about widgets not working, and I haven't had any problems. I thought, I'm fine. That's all right. But this, the new, the uh, trigger for transactions so that when you pay for anything at all during Apple Pay, you are able to take that data and put it in a note or put it in a spreadsheet. It is ridiculously hard to figure out how to set it up. And when I finally did, with the help of uh, a theatre writer, Scott Matthewman here in the UK, he talked me through it. It worked once. <laughs> And every other time I get error from mobile.apple.com or something, and it's just worthless. So uh, I'm not familiar with this feature. Is it in wallet? Does it work in wallet? It's a shortcuts automation now. And oh, it's a yes. In the triggers okay. under yeah. the automations tab, there's a new transactions trigger. 
and you can literally choose what cards in your wallet you want to trigger, including your home key, which is pretty cool. Mm. So you could have that be a trigger. You can also even specify what category of transaction, like food and drink, shopping, travel, services, mm, which I just realized. Do the colors in these categories refer to the colors that show up on Apple Card? Sorry, William wouldn't know about this. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I think, I think that, that's actually what that is. That's interesting. Though, actually, let's just be fair here about Apple Card. As a Brit, I am helping Goldman Sachs not lose any more money. <laughs> yes, so not you're doing your due diligence. Yeah, I appreciate Everyone it. Everyone feels so bad for Goldman Sachs, right? Yes. I, I lie awake hey. at nights, you know? And um, <laughs> I love my Apple Card. Yeah, so do I, I use it. it for everything now. Yeah, all right. Sorry. All right. Wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see. So I, I transitioned to using my Apple card for literally everything a couple months ago because the Apple savings c- account launched with the 4% interest. And so I'm running an experiment to see, can all of my purchases from when the Apple savings account opened to Apple Vision Pro launching, will I have enough in that <laughs> savings account to buy an Apple Vision Pro? <laughs> you will. You will not. You will I'm, not. I'm not close uh, yet. but <laughs> we'll So I, I have a question for you, Stephen, then, as a fellow user of the Apple savings account. Listen, I'll just snip out for a bit while you, you <laughs> yeah, two. Yeah. Make some tea. <laughs> Good. Is there an easy way for me to transfer the money from like my Apple daily cash from my card to the savings account because when I go to it doesn't offer as an option and every time I go and I can't figure out it's like how do I transfer the money again to the Apple savings account like it's it's kind of buried in the menus and I don't know why they're doing it that way unless there must be something obvious that I'm missing so I just did it it looks like if you're looking at your savings account page you can tap the add money you do a dollar amount it add uh. and then you can choose either Apple Cash, your bank, uh, or either banks that or whatever banks you have connected. So I think you can transfer it that way. Okay, I'll have to do it that way because I've been going into my my daily cash, and then you want to transfer it, and it just offers me a transfer to a regular bank, and it's like, why wouldn't they build in there yeah, to no. transfer it to my Apple savings account? All right, that's right. good enough. Thanks. Oh, 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 oh! Actually, I forgot. I have an advantage over you two being in the UK. Uh-huh. Yeah, no Apple Card, but Apple Pay and Apple Wallet. You can connect your wallet to your bank accounts so that just through the wallet you can see all of your your uh, current transactions oh, really? and um, balances and stuff because of there's an open API, uh, well, not very open, secure open API <laughs> for banking in the UK. Okay. Um, and I, I did it straight away. Great. Uh, except it's just slightly slow enough that you open up the wallet, you say, oh, great, I've got enough. No, I haven't got enough money in the bank. <laughs> okay. okay. That, that does sound Never cool. Mind. I thought you were going to say your advantage over in the UK is a tremendous amount of snark. But yeah, that bank thing sounds cool. Uh, that does sound cool. Thunderbolt 4 cables were put in a CT scan. This was Lumafield. They used an X-ray CT scanner to look inside the Apple Thunderbolt 4 Pro cable, which is a hundred and thirty dollar cable if you buy it from Apple, and uh, they compared it to a bunch of like USB C cables, even to like like three dollar cables on Amazon, which is pretty amazing. But the Thunderbolt cable's got a lot of stuff going on. I mean, it's like a small computer chip in the head of that uh, cable, and it's just really cool to see these images. So it's not filled with diamonds. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no diamonds. Uh, little pieces of Apple card. It might justify the price then. I mean, geez. Yeah, because okay, now Thunderbolt cables cannot you get them? I know the answer to this is like not not a lot of places, but th- uh, Monoprice has Thunderbolt cables. They've gotten better. They have gotten. They've gotten better. I guess the question is, I know Mike Mike Worthley's already typing at me what what the answer is to this. <laughs> you can get a Thunderbolt four cable from Monoprice, two meter, uh, which is I think about six feet uh, here in 
real measurements. Uh, and it says... Ooh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, right. Need a side episode yeah, yeah. for this discussion. Yeah, no, okay, but carry on for it, the moment. Yeah. Three countries that still use the imperial system? Actually, I love the fact that America thinks it uses imperial, but so many things are converted know, to imperial. I know, I know. Two leaders. Yeah, I know, I know. Stuff Just like get that. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, the, the snark. Uh, it's a, So if you want the 1.8 meter, yeah, that's the $130 one. So the monoprice one says Thunderbolt 4. You can get the two meter for $30 or no, no, I'm sorry, 50 or the Apple one for $80 more. So I'd be curious. I mean, the Apple one is braided. You have that. I spent more money than I would care to admit on the only KVM switch available for Thunderbolt, just so I could use multiple computers with my Apple Studio display and not swap the cable out. <laughs> you have a KVM switch to your studio display plus two iPads and universal control. How many displays do you need, Neil? <laughs> Uh, I have three in front of me, but then I also, uh, behind my behind my monitor, I have a Windows uh, gaming PC oh that it, I have to use a cable that I imported from China because I have to get the graphics card out, which is mini display port, converted to USB-C so that it will plug into the studio display. Okay. I mean, that's... that's you. Mm-hmm. Mind right. you, sorry, it is a Windows PC, so uh, from switching it on to it being usable, you've got time to import the cable yeah, from could, China. You could just swap and... it out, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, that's amazing. I, I I have a couple of Thunderbolt 4 cables and I've whenever I transfer stuff now from iPhone 15 to my Mac, I just use a Thunderbolt cable because I don't even want to think about USB 3 versus 2 or whatever. I just use Thunderbolt cables everywhere. I have a couple laying around. Neil, you have the 15 Pro Max also, right? For the Pro or the Pro Max? Just the Pro. The Pro. Is that, are you transferring stuff back and forth from that to your Mac? No. I, I use AirDrop. You use AirDrop? I, I don't ever plug it in. It's even fine. if you're doing like video files and yeah. stuff? Yeah. Uh, it, it works quickly enough for me. Yeah, it's fine. Huh? Same here. And I'll, I'll edit a lot of times on the phone itself, too. I'll, I'll use uh, LumaFusion uh, and edit there. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, want, I want to talk about your filming rig in a second, because I know you posted a picture oh, yeah. of that. And uh, <laughs> I, I was playing around, too, and tried some other things. But uh, real quick, before that, AirTag 2, Ming-Chi Kuo was saying, is delayed, which this is the first time I'm hearing about AirTag 2. But Ming-Chi Kuo says AirTag 2 delayed until 2025, should be over a year away. But it might have integration with Apple Vision Pro. And... I think this is interesting because the second generation ultra wideband chip, also known as the U2 chip, copyright Bono or whoever, uh, <laughs> the U2 chip. It auto loads onto your phone. <laughs> exactly. That, that, wow, that was such a misstep and just, it will never die. <laughs> People post pictures of that album all the time. The U2 chip, which is now in the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro and in the Series 9 and Apple Watch Ultra 2, that second generation ultra wideband chip needs to come to AirTag eventually because the AirTags are still on the. That feature is awesome. It is yeah. awesome. I love it. It's amazing. And like, I love all the ultra wideband things. I want it in everything. I want air tags on everything. And so an air tag with that second gen U2 chip would increase the range. But I love this idea that integrating with Apple Vision Pro, imagine if you could just put on your $3,500 headset <laughs> to find your $30 air tag and like you run know. under the wall and break your $3,500 headset looking <laughs> no, for a like, tag somewhere. Let's say you, you dropped your wallet or it fell in the couch cushions and you put on your headset and you can actually <sighs> see the exact location of the wallet rather than having to do that, that, that way. You don't think it's going to yeah, work that way? Though. Uh, it'd be no, cool if it did. Well. It'd be cool if it did. No, but for those who haven't tried the new U2 whatever chip uh, with the new iPhone and the new Apple Watch, the way that it works is you will ping your phone just as you normally do with your watch to go find it. It will point you in the direction of it, let you know how many feet away you are. But the coolest part about it, and this is where it gets like magic, is you get to your phone and then when you pick it up, it knows that you've picked it up and it stops with the alarm. That's slick. That's oh, awesome. That's man. pretty slick. I just want a U something chip in the Apple TV remote. That's all I want. That's yeah, all I want. one day. Because you could do it, like you could do, quote unquote, find my Apple TV remote 
remote and it uses Bluetooth to kind of tell you how far away it is, but you don't get the arrow mm. of like, go over here and get it. But I was trying that during the beta process and it's just, I couldn't ever get it yeah. to work. Not only they're not finding it business, but even the very start of starting the process of finding, it would work if I just restarted my phone and just restarted a TV set and then it would stop working. So uh, maybe that was a beta thing and I just gave up too early. The, it was really buggy during the betas. Uh, but I've, I've tried a couple of times and it's worked better since the actual release, oh, right. which I also want to mention, maybe I mentioned this before, but in tvOS 17 now, if you have a restrictions on certain apps like you've set a restrictions passcode and you've age restricted certain apps you can now open that app and unlock the restriction with your device without the number code and like there's a little card that slides up and it says you know unlock or whatever and you can unlock the app from the apple tv on your phone just because it's connected to your same iCloud account. So that's pretty cool. Just give us a camera on the Apple TV and be done with it. Jeez. <laughs> on the box? <laughs> no, like something that you plug into it. You just put it in front of your TV. Continuity you know, camera. We've already got FaceTime. Yeah, we've already got continuity camera. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're already scanning. Just Face ID. Put it on an ex- accessory that can plug in. Microsoft Connect all over again. They bought that company anyhow. So so many different ways to interrupt when you're watching a good film. <laughs> yeah. You're uh, not watching you anything. Your friends, William, you're just reading the scripts. You're not watching anything. Anything. You just read the scripts. This, that, that. I did actually the other day. I chucked a script up on the TV set, just trying out mirroring, and it was all right. Actually, so wow, there so, you go. I thought I you were so close to saying you watched Ted Lasso. I thought it was going to happen. That was no. yeah, that's just going to happen. Yeah. No, yeah. the uh, I will say Passkey has been working better for me. Like whenever I have to log into iCloud.com or Apple ID.apple.com, Passkey has actually been uh, working. It scans your face, does Touch ID. Yeah. I want Face ID on the Mac. That's the one thing we're missing. We still don't have it. How do we not have that? Basically, I don't understand that at all. I mean, well, the mon- the display is thinner than any iPhone, isn't it? So presumably there's a width thing. The, the fact that they put a cutout on the display and didn't put Face ID there makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like, pro. But even on like studio display and stuff, I mean, there's got to be some kind of method. Oh yeah, there, true. Uh, for that, because Touch ID works wirelessly, like from the Magic Keyboard. No, when they built the studio display, they had to get rid of uh, cameras from the iPhone 3G, so they just put them in there. <laughs> wow. I still listen. I use that camera pretty much every day. It's fine. It's totally fine. This episode is brought to you by Fastmail. Listen, we all have to use email, contacts, calendars every day, and that's why you should use one of the best services out there. And I'm telling you from personal experience, because I literally, before they were ever a sponsor, because I transferred my entire email life to Fastmail, an email provider that puts your privacy first. Listen, for over 20 years, Fastmail has been a leader in email privacy. It is ad-free. There is no tracking. You can view your calendar, email, and contacts all in one app. It works directly on all your Apple devices. You can set it up on your iPhone, your iPad, your Mac. It all works great. Plus, there's a Fastmail app you can use. And the Fastmail app is actually really good. I actually find it to be one of the best just email apps on the iPhone. You can do things like masked email, scheduled send, actual snooze, unlike the built-in Apple snooze. You can actually snooze in mail so it goes away from your inbox, comes back at the time that you set custom rules and more. I also have lots of custom domains and domain aliases in my Fastmail account. And Fastmail makes it easy to set all of that up. And they make switching providers super simple. I actually imported all of my mail from the Big G service into Fastmail. It had all my messages there. Everything is searchable from my many years of being somewhere else. They made that entire process super easy too. Of course, human support is available and you can customize Fastmail features like folders, labels, custom swipes, themes, and more. I cannot recommend it enough. I use it personally, pay for it personally, and have been doing it for several years. So to learn more about their service, visit fastmail.com slash Apple Insider for 10% off your first year and then follow them on Facebook, X, Mastodon, and LinkedIn. 
Fastmail, it is my favorite email provider. Visit fastmail.com slash Apple Insider. The link is in the show notes. You can check it out there. Our thanks to Fastmail for sponsoring the 500th episode of the Apple Insider podcast. Uh, Speaking of cameras and filming, so I want to talk about the iPhone 15 Pro in filming because I think we all do that. I know, Neil, you posted a picture of your rig. Mm. Uh, William's over there. He's got iPhones all over the place. I've been doing more of it. I've been looking for the ideal solution to film ProRes video directly to an external SSD so I don't have to take up my iPhone storage and be able to do external microphones, which I know, Neil, you figured that out and do it all. And so I just want to mention this this one product. I finally landed on it. I read our roundup of all the different filming rigs uh, that you can use with the iPhone and different SSDs and hubs. But some of the hubs, like I tried the Satechi one where you can actually insert an M2 SSD into the hub, but the Satechi one, the connector, like it didn't fit right. I couldn't get the SSD to work. I returned that one. I've finally landed. This was one not mentioned in our article, but I'll put a link in the show notes. The Solore, it's a no-name brand. Solore and S-Global USB-C hub, uh, S-E-L-O-R-E. It is a USB-C hub that lets you install an M2 SSD into the hub and it acts like a drive. And so I got a one terabyte Samsung M2 SSD. Then it has HDMI out. If you want to monitor, it has a USB-C in for power. And then this is important because not a lot of hubs have the two USB-C ports. It has a USB, a second USB-C port which I can then use to plug in an external microphone. And now if I use this hub with my iPhone 15 Pro Max, I can film ProRes video directly to the SSD inside this hub. I can plug a microphone into that USB-C port and it's pulling the audio from that. And I can plug in power so the iPhone is charging. And ideally, I can also plug in an HDMI cable and use something like the Orion app on my iPad and a USB HDMI capture device and see the iPhone screen on an external display. It all works. It's all great. I did notice that if you do the HDMI out and mirror your iPhone, mirror your iPhone screen on that external monitor, it's going to overheat pretty quickly. (laughs) I did 4K 60 log footage and it lasted eight and a half minutes. And then my phone said it overheated. Yeah. I did a second test where I did not do the HDMI out. I just went to that display and it recorded until the SSD filled up. It created a 998 gigabyte ProRes file on the SSD recorded directly from the iPhone. It didn't drop any frames and it worked great with this particular hub. And so you can do it. The mirroring display, I did see uh, Patrick Tommaso on social media. He said that he actually AirPlay mirrors his iPhone screen to like his Mac to monitor the video. And that does not result in overheating. So that might be a solution. I haven't tested that yet, but that has been the uh, the system that I've devised and uh, it now works. And this hub makes it all possible. Uh, so Neil, tell me about your filming situation. Yeah, now you just need to move to Antarctica and then it'll work perfectly, right? <laughs> Can I be honest? I did buy the $60 MagSafe Razor fan. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I needed... gaming accessory? <laughs> I needed to do it for science. I was like, let me see if I can get oh, more recording man. time with a fan on my phone. Uh, so I'm going to try it. But anyway. Yeah, I'm always amused when you see like those enthusiast things that people have where they like open up their PC and redo the thermal paste oh, and all yeah. that stuff. Liquid cooling. I'm sure that there's a placebo effect where they convince themselves that it all works better. <laughs> it's a lot of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so yeah, as I mentioned, I went on this trip with uh, just my iPad mini. And when I first bought the iPad mini, it was an impulse buy just because I was like, wow, this is really not what I expected. And I'm excited by it. So I just got the entry level model, 64 gigs. So I went on a family trip down to Grand Cayman and I just brought my iPad mini, figure I'll get away, I'll unplug from work. 
work. Brought a couple GoPros with me, went out in the water, you know, shot some footage, and then I wanted to edit, so I was using LumaFusion on my on my iPad Pro, or I'm sorry, on my iPad Mini, but quickly ran out of space because it's only 64 gigs right. on there. So when I got home, that was when I went down the rabbit hole, which I uh, looked into, and I used the guide that we had on Apple Insider uh, to, uh, for recommended uh, uh, portable storage. So I got this thing that's like, I don't know, the size of your thumb that holds a terabyte of data and plugs in over USB-C. But then it was like, well, I want to transfer between the GoPro and the the external uh, solid state drive. I need to get a, a hub. So I already had a hub uh, and I was using that, but it was kind of big. And then I was testing, can I do this with my phone? I wonder if I can do this with my phone. So then I went on Amazon and found the smallest and I, I'm all in on USB-C. I don't want any USB-A ports in right. my site. If you show me one, get out of my face. I don't want to see it ever again. <laughs> you curse them and tell them All in on USB-C. Yeah. So I've got one of those uh, MagSafe uh, uh, mounts uh, uh, for a, a tripod mount for a camera from uh, the brand escapes me, but they make some, some pretty good stuff. Um, and then I've got uh, an external road microphone as well. Yep. So yeah, it all works with the caveat that the, the USB C hub needs to have power connected to right. it. So I also conveniently have a small battery. So I tied all of this to the handle on a tripod. I've got a road mic. I've got a one terabyte drive. I'm recording Apple pro res 4k yes. uh, directly to the drive because there's not enough storage in my phone to do that that for more than 30 seconds uh yeah and it's it's on a tripod uh and i even put uh, an led uh, uh light uh, on top of it so i could get extra light and it works and it would record uh it, it looked like my recording time was like an hour and a half i'm sure it wouldn't have lasted that long uh if uh it, it, as soon as it overheated and then you know burst into flames but uh yeah it, it, it worked and so it's a great setup and you know it's now great. i feel pretty confident that like when i travel all these things that i would normally bring you just don't need and you can do all of it from just your phone if you want yeah, it is really cool. And and honestly, like Final Cut on the iPad makes it so you could just do like iPad, iPhone situation. And I, I did mean to say I was able to record one hour and 31 minutes of 4K60 ProRes log directly to an SSD. And that's how much a terabyte <laughs> fills up. So you get an hour, 31 minutes if you're doing 4K60. And uh, that's what William's doing. It's right? crazy how these things overheat, though, because I've got one of those little uh, Insta360 cameras, you know, like the ones that's like the size of your thumb that you can just slap on anything. It's magnetic. Yeah. And it'll get like 10 minutes of recording before it heats, overheats and turns off. So the reason why it overheats to the HDMI display, I, I could be wrong. I really have no data for this, but it feels like the, the iPhone is really not optimized to run external displays and to like have its display mirrored somewhere. And I say this also because uh, with CarPlay, I if you ever try to use CarPlay and then also like record a video while CarPlay is running in the background, right. it like yeah. totally yeah. grinds to a halt. And if you try to interact with CarPlay, it's just going like it barely moves. And so I do think the iPhone is then choosing like it's going to prioritize you recording the video as opposed to the CarPlay uh, interactions. So, but the video recording overheats it too. That's very processor intensive. Yeah, it is, absolutely. especially for these high resolution videos. What yeah. we really need is we need a MagSafe ice pack. <laughs> that's what that's what I want. <laughs> MagSafe. I think that's compatible. Liquid MagSafe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. William. Get on that. Sorry, uh, hang on a second. I'm still catching up. I'm doing notes. Uh, USB-C, HDMI. <laughs> Wait, no, now, when you are you filming to your SSD. internal storage, like like Apple intends? 
Yes, okay. I am. I mean, I've only shot one thing. I was going. I had ten minutes to shoot a ten-minute video, <laughs> so I pulled the car over. I shot. It worked out of there. So there's no real experimentation yet. That's it. That, yes, but you know, hey, I'm a pro. What can I? Yeah, all right. Never mind. Fix it in fancy. post. Fix it in post. What a thought. Uh, <laughs> so I want to look at this, and I genuinely am making notes about all these initials you keep saying, uh, but I haven't had the time to experiment yeah and i'm intrigued okay. yeah. by it all i'm looking forward to elgato's prompters semi-related thing yes that, uh, i'll be able to film using the iphone and having you talking about a separate display powering it stuff it'll have its own display for teleprompter stuff i think yeah i'm going to spend a lot of time playing around and then probably spending quite a lot of money <laughs> so i thought i want to thank you both for steering me in You're multiple welcome. directions that elgato here. teleprompter looks yeah. amazing it's it's shipping in december but it can basically act as an, a secondary display and so if you wanted to, let's say you were doing recording, like in Riverside, like we're doing now, and you're doing video, you can literally just drag the window onto this Elgato teleprompter, which has a built-in display and the mirror, and it's compatible with multiple cameras, like mirrorless camera, you could do webcam, Elgato's uh, camera, and then you're basically like would be looking directly into the lens, but you're also seeing the yeah. window, the image of the people you're talking to. And so it's really cool. There was a video by DSLR Video Shooter where he has this elaborate setup just like that, mm. but requires a lot more equipment and setup. And so Elgato made it easy. That's pretty good. That's awesome. Uh, before we need to argue with Neil about fine woven, <laughs> uh, let me play one other audio clip from our wonderful listener, McGuire. He has a question. Oh. He was asking, which is one of our favorite new ringtones? from ios 17 and so i'll find mine in a second but uh, this is a nice words from mcguire hey folks just wanted to say thank you for putting on an amazing podcast every single week at a quick question for all of you on the podcast what is your favorite ringtone from ios 17 mine definitely has to be quad now ios 17 you have a there's a host of new ringtones and text tones and i'm going to pull mine up here uh, so i can change it which one i have this is now my ringtone it's departure from the new ringtones Ooh. That is that is the ringtone that I have chosen. And oh, have you guys chosen any new ringtones? No. A very, very long time ago, I managed to get a recording of the Universal Telephone. So Universal Television, the sound effect for the phones in Colombo and Miller and Wife and all of those. It's the same sound effect. And I managed to get a copy of it. And that has been my ringtone ever since. I never thought to look anywhere else, I'm afraid. That's really exciting, yeah. William. Thanks for that. Um, Neil, how about you? <laughs> Actually, my, my phone has permanently been on mute since 2007. I never flipped the switch back. And I don't even know what the ringtone is. That's I, why you never answer. I, I keep calling. I, I, I'm, okay. I'm not even lying. I have no idea what my ringtone is. I, I don't have a ringtone. It just vibrates. That's it. I mean, there has to be one set. I mean, it might just be. I'm the, sure there's one set. I have no idea. <laughs> me, I, it's in the settings. Let me pull it up. Set, oh, my word. <laughs> yes, it's in the settings Whatever app. The, Sounds and haptics. It's probably the marimba. Like the original. Uh, uh, no, it's old phone is what it is. It's one of the classic ones. Wow. So I just, yeah, I have not updated it since 2007. That's amazing. So when they got rid of the switch, at first I was a little bit upset. And then I was like, I've never flipped it. And it was like, I, I'd rather have anything else there. So now I have the action button. Okay, now. No, I'm the other way around. I still miss the I switch. Do too. I used to use it a lot, but there we go. I do. Okay, so here's now the question for the three of us. The action button, I myself and many others made videos on like, how to have the action button do 1,000 different things, depending if you're holding your breath, if you're holding it upside down, if you're standing on one foot, the action button can do all these things. And I'm curious what you guys have now set the action button to do. 
Neil. Well, I'll start this off by saying that I got an Apple Watch Ultra last year and I went absolutely off the rails programming the most complicated possible action button scenario based on time of day, location, oh calendar events. You have no idea. It's absolutely absurd. So if it's after work and I'm outside, it starts to run. If I'm at the gym, it starts weightlifting. If I'm at the rink, it starts for a hockey game that I'm going to be playing. That's tracks all that. That's pretty slick. Uh, yeah, I have all kinds of things based on a bunch of variables. When it came to the phone, I actually was I wanted to get as complicated and then it was literally I couldn't think because you want to interact as little as possible with your watch right it's right. you look down on it you press a button I'm done with your phone it's so easy to just search pull up an app whatever so I have it do two things I, I created a complication or I'm sorry I created a shortcut I should say where it checks what time of day it is and it checks when the sunset is that day if it's an hour after sunset and I'm at home it turns on the flashlight any other time including when I'm away from home even at night it turns on the camera okay so th those two things that's it that's depending it. on the time of day yeah depending on time of day and location that's pretty good William how about you I feel like I went down this long rabbit hole of all sorts of things to do with orientation <laughs> of it and it wasn't quite working and I thought well it will if I just do this and I could never quite get and in the end actually this morning I thought oh forget that and I just went back to launch a, a, a folder full of shortcuts and I made sure some shortcuts I use a lot yeah. were there and that was it yeah I was very excited uh, I tried the orientation thing I tried focus mode and I felt like there was just too much cognitive load of trying to think what is it going to do right now if I enable it and I didn't want that and so I've resorted to what you said William I have a folder of shortcuts I don't use it super often I do have like yeah. a mute toggle shortcut action there I have some home kit scenes the one that I really use the most often is a shortcut to iCloud passwords because mm. I've been using it more and more. It's a pain in the neck to get to it from the settings app. And so if I do the action button, one of these shortcuts is just iCloud passwords and I jump right to that page in settings. And that's been actually the most useful. I might just map it to that directly because that is a nice it. feature. Yeah. One thing, uh, one tip that I'll share that, that I didn't realize until I set up through shortcuts that I thought was pretty interesting. If you invoke the flashlight through control center or through the lock screen, you can set it to the lowest setting that they have available, but it's still kind of bright. Whereas if you have it do it through the action button through shortcuts, you can actually go lower on the brightness setting. So I have a very dim flashlight that I'll use. Um, Oh, so am I the only one who uh, switches on and off the flashlight using Harry Potter magic yeah. spells? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's on brand. Do you not know about uh, it? Yeah, I know. What is it? Uh, uh, hang on. I'm not, you know that it, you actually can do yes, this. Yes, I do. If yes, you say yes. Loomis, there you and go. It turns yeah. on, yeah. We all saw it. Yeah. 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 All of our listeners saw yes. it. Everybody saw it. Yeah. Can't you also do a, okay. isn't there like a Star Wars one or a Star Wars reference or something or a Gandalf one? The um, May the air drop be with you. <laughs> You've got the no, Star Trek uh, emoji in there, the the Spock one. Command four. Hold on, hold on. It's uh, I thought there was a Lord of the Rings one, like when he makes his his staff glow. I think you guys are a lot of help. I appreciate it. Okay, um, <laughs> you got it. That's all I here for. didn't get far enough through Lord of the Rings to know what you're talking about. I've, I've, I've never watched or read a Harry Potter book ever, so I'm not the wrong well, person to ask. Wow. Well, now, now you see you're you're gonna be on this episode. You've now created a bunch of outrage, and now we're gonna have to deal with the, <laughs> with the back. Come at me. Come at me. Let's <laughs> go, go. Go ahead, Neil uh, on X. All right, fine woven. Neil, you said you actually like fine woven. Defend yourself. So let me let me start this off by saying I'm not going to say that fine woven is better than leather. It's not. And I'm not going to sit here and defend the Apple wallet because I have bought it every year and uh, I use it because I like a thin wallet that connects to the back of my phone and I find it convenient. Yep. But after about six to eight months, it starts to fall apart and the edges start to peel off. So every year I buy a new one, which is very frustrating. So in a year, I may hate fine woven, fine woven because the thing starts to fall apart. But yeah. for now... 
I like it because number one, I have the case as well, but I almost never use a case on my phone. I only use it if I'm traveling. I'll just put it on there. So I have it on there. So day to day going out, whatever around the house, don't have a case. So it feels fine in my hand. It's whatever. But the wallet itself is always on my phone when I'm going out and the leather wallet I have three cards in there, and they're, none of them have raised numbers on them. They're all flat cards, and for whatever reason, right. they would not get out of the wallet half the time. I would be, like, you know, standing somewhere trying to pull out my ID, and I'm, like, wedging my fingers in there because the slide motion on the side isn't working. The leather would stick to the cards. With Fine Woven, mm-hmm. I have not had that issue. I get my cards out of my wallet every time. And so I will okay. say this. If a year from now the edges aren't peeling off, I will prefer Fine Woven over the leather wallet. I, my only suggestion is, have you tried the ESR MagSafe wallet? I have not. It's pretty great. It's a wallet that holds three cards, MagSafe. Also, it's a little thicker, so you might not like it, but it can act as a stand. Like it's a little clam shell opens up and you can... Nah, I don't want any of that stuff. I don't... <laughs> but, that. but also, but also, integrated Find My, and it has a little loop that you can uh, push up and then you can have a little grip for your phone, which my transition... Yeah, I don't, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. You, you're both mad. There's a much better option. What's that? Uh, okay, it doesn't do MagSafe, doesn't connect to the phone, but it's the untitled folder wallet. That is very good. Uh, Nick yes. Bentel's thing, it's this tiny little... Have you yes, seen this? Yes, I got one. It looks like a Mac folder. I have one of those. What else could you possibly Is have? that what you use? <laughs> That's your wallet that you use? Yes, I genuinely use it all the That's time, yeah. It, is a, it was great. a great wallet. I, yeah, I got one. But I, I like Find My on my wallet. Uh, I like being able to, mm-hmm. you know, be able to find yeah. it. Real quick, I do want to give a Basic Apple Guy yet another shout-out. He shared a GitHub article where there's a terminal command that if you want to download all of the macOS Sonoma like wallpaper lock screen animations, you just want to download them all at once so you can just change to whichever one without downloading them one by one, uh, you can do that terminal command and I'll put a link to that GitHub article in show notes. And I do love them. I've been using all of them. You guys use the uh, the lock screen animation wallpapers? Yes, but I like to appreciate one before I try another. Oh, so, yeah, you know, yeah. it's very cultured. Like fine wine. Take wow. your time. Yeah. I actually used an app the other day to make my own portrait mode watch face with different layers of it. Oh my. Uh, there's an app that you can use and it was kind of cool. So I had a foreground and a background. Yeah, it looks nice. Do you use the uh, the macOS Sonoma animated lock screen stuff i do right now i have it set to it flies over the grand canyon when i unlock my mac it's yeah it's nice. good it's good stuff They're beautiful all right well let's let's run out the show we had two questions from listeners for this uh let me get the hold on we had two questions from listeners to close out this quincentennial episode i did look it up and it's correct this way william can't <laughs> correct me again but anyway uh andy <laughs> what what are you gonna say something william no, I've just, I feel like I've been put in Dictionary Corner here for this. And, um, I'm all right. Actually, I thought I'm that's fine where you live. Yeah, you. I was going to okay. say. A Dictionary <laughs> Corner over there in the London. Yeah. Uh, Andy Levis, I think this was on Threads. He was saying, back when we started the show, so 2015. William, were you at Apple Insider in 2015? I'm trying to think back. Uh, no, I was far too young, far too young then. For sure. I was just a little bad Spring in school. Chicken. Short trousers. Yeah. yeah okay. You know. Well, if you could think back that far anyway in your Apple career, do you remember if there was a rumored device back then that we were excited about that maybe Goodness. has not uh, materialized? And what uh, would we hope to see in the same amount of time? Oh. So was it 2015 and now, so eight years from now? William, you already have something? Well, I already know I would have been expecting the blue Apple car back then, definitely. Now, you're jo- listen, you're, jo- you're joking, but I will say back then, yes. actually, the Apple car project, that was one of the big like news yeah. breaks from Apple Insider. I, I, f- I forget if it was... 
was it Dan something? I forget who it was, but the Project Titan that we had a huge article. I think it was in 2015. Oh yeah, I, I, I did. I did that one. Did you do that? On, uh, yeah, well, there was a garage there that they were working on, yes. and all the neighbors that were nearby were angry because there was noises going on all night. Yeah, <laughs> right. That was <laughs> that's crazy. so sinister. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, it does. <laughs> okay. But that was that was the big device that was uh, around then, and we still have rumors to this day. And it looks like maybe that project is fizzling out, but. That was the big thing back then. Eight years from now, I mean, we just got Apple Vision Pro this year, launching next year. Another new product category eight years from now. I mean, I... Oh, no, this is easy. Okay. Uh, how many did you say? Eight years from now? Yeah. Uh, Apple, expensive. Oh, That's my word. <laughs> yeah. I, really I mean, I feel like AR glasses are going to be the next thing after yeah, the VR Yeah, that's the next headset. thing. I, I don't think Apple wants to even ship Vision Pro. It's just they can't fall behind on the development schedule for, you know, getting this stuff out there mm. in terms of, you know, having the apps there, the, the infrastructure and all that. You know, the, the fact that they have your face get broadcast to the front of the device shows that they're kind of embarrassed about it. They want to make these a pair of glasses and they just know they can't, the technology is not going to be there for like 10 years. So that's going to be the next thing. Right. I do think that within the next eight years, Apple will probably figure out the blood glucose thing on the Apple watch. Oh, good point. And I yes, think, that would be I good. think that will yeah. be just a huge step, uh, technology-wise, and affect so many people. How accurate is that going to be, though? Probably not very accurate at first, but I think, you know, it'll launch and then several iterations later, you know, I think people will be able to use it consistently. And maybe if it's like at least close enough to provide like warning signs, you know, because. Yeah, I mean, if it's good enough, if it's good enough. Right. Because even like the temperature sensor in the current Apple Watch, it's not like you can get your current temperature exactly right now, but it gives you no. trends over like the evenings. You know, so if you wear it every night and if your temperature is consistently higher than, you know, the the baseline that it establishes, then it can give you a warning or a notification. And so even if it's just that, yeah. you know, if it can read a baseline and read when it's significantly away from that baseline, that it gives you some kind of signal. I think that'd be worth it for people. But. Yeah, the, the blood oxygen is not really that accurate either. I mean, half the time I'll check and it says I'm at like 85%, at which point I would be almost <laughs> dead. So, you know, yeah. it's not. I will say that blood oxygen thing, I got my mom an Apple Watch Series 8 back in Mother's Day before the Series 9 came out. And it has the, the blood oxygen sensor, sensor. And she'll ask me sometimes, she's like, it says my blood oxygen is like 94. Is that okay? I'm like, you're fine. Like that, <laughs> don't, trust, don't trust that sensor. It's fine. The thing is, is the reality of it. When you put something like that, a sensor on the wrist, there's only so much that it can do. That's why it's so right. bad at knowing whether you're standing or not. Like if you really <laughs> wanted to get accurate data, you would put something on your chest, but who the heck's going to wear that on their chest yeah, all day? Yeah. So you just, it's that's the compromise. You get what you get. The standing thing is funny. I'd be curious, William, if you experienced this. Well, I have any of you, but like I will be sitting, I'll get the, the notification on my watch. Like it's time to stand, you know, because it's 10 minutes before the hour. Yes. I will literally do nothing different i'm just sitting here working at my uh, computer and i'll say you did it you stood yeah, congrats, yes. <laughs> congrats. like i go. yeah thanks i clearly have not stood uh but cool yeah so you guys get those yeah. false positives oh yeah and, and yeah <laughs> i like them they're very easy to they're I'm very pleased yeah. with those Everyone, yes. so my my older son he, he has an apple watch and uh, he really tries to get like his move or exercise minutes in for the day and every once in a while like in the evenings i would start seeing him like vigorously shake his wrist <laughs> Oh, and it took, me, <laughs> yeah, right. it took me a while to figure out what he was doing. And I was like, wait a minute, are you trying to get exercise minutes right now? He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, got to get the credit for it. Got to get the credit, credit got the credit. Have you got a pet dog or anything? I do have a dog. I have not put the watch on him, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. You saw well, where so I was going. Like that. All right. Yeah, that would, that'd be funny. But all right. So uh, final question here. This is from Shannon Long on X. Do you think Apple will ever make a wearable like the comm badge from Star Trek? And if not, what science fiction tech? Would you like Apple to make possible? 
I think this is interesting because you have a, what is a humane over there making the, the, yeah, the humane AI, AI pin, pen, which yes. it's kind of funny. Yeah. What do you guys think of that yeah. pin? I think it'll be all right. Uh, my, I just, I, I think there's a deeper issue than the hardware yeah. here. And actually, even Star Trek had this because it drove me spare. Picard to Crusher. Well, there were two Crushers that we knew of, and he never got the wrong one, and they were never out. He never had to leave a message. All this stuff. I just know there were flaws. I literally have no idea what you're talking about right now. I know it's a Star Trek reference, <laughs> but um, I, so I will say rewind.ai i heard the uh, atp guys talk about this i don't know if you guys have heard about this but rewind.ai they have a software a piece of software that you can install on your mac that basically screen records everything you do all the time oh yes this will go well (laughs) so they, they have a lot of information about privacy and security on their website but the idea is there are times when you felt like oh what was that thing that i saw or I don't remember if it was a website or an email or a text. And the idea is that with Rewind, you can have basically anything that ever crossed your screen is then searchable and then findable. Well, they are coming out with a hardware product. It is not yet released. You can pre-order it today for $60, but it's called the Rewind Pendant. Have you guys heard of this? It's something you wear around your neck and it's a little microphone and it is something that will record transcribe and encrypt everything that is it hears you know all this everything spoken and it will save it locally on your phone and so privacy and security doesn't go anywhere it's you know transcribed locally everything's local mm-hmm. supposedly like you have to it has to hear permission given by a person in order to record like so you literally have to like ask and then if the person says you have my permission or whatever, like there's some kind of uh, system there that will, I don't know, I only record when permission is given, which I feel like if it's listening for permission, it's listening. But anyway, yeah. Uh, but the idea is that it can record everything and this should solve every marriage argument that has ever uh, happened in history because <laughs> yeah. then, because this will go well, I'm sure, as many of you know, yeah. where you can literally search the transcript mm. and you said, well, you said this. And like, well, actually, let's go to the uh, <laughs> let's go to the script and see what we actually said. But that is uh, I mean, this is a literal product that supposedly is coming soon. Uh, but it, it isn't local, is it? If it's going from the pendant to the phone, it's not local on the pendant. So it is being transmitted. Well, it's transmitted to way. your phone. So it can be in- intercepted some way. So, well, nuts to the local <laughs> processing and privacy right away. It says away. no cloud. Yeah? Like it's not going to any cloud or internet server or whatever. Like it's from... Pendant to phone, supposedly. There was something on NPR a few weeks ago about this new uh, website that's out there where you can upload a photo of yourself and then it will search the entire internet to find your face in places that you may not know that it exists. Oh, no. So I said, okay, well, let's see how this goes. So I went and uploaded a photo and there I am like in the background at a professional wrestling show sitting in like the third row, like grainy photo of me, but it's me. And wow. it was somebody uploaded it to their blog and there I am, you know, out in public. <laughs> And you can just take my photo and find me. And it's like, no one is going to hear or see these things and go, ooh, I want to sign up for that. That sounds like something that I want to do. I I just can't imagine having everything in your life recorded so that you could go back and index it is something that we really need. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant nobody was going to sign up for wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) That too. That too. I have, I don't know if mixed feelings is the right word. Like. The idea of the, like, I could see actual use cases were like meetings. Sure. Yeah. Like I've been in so many corporate meetings where no one remembers what is said. No one takes good notes. 
And unless you literally have someone dedicated to like the administrative task of minutes, which I feel like is an old school concept, like this in a work sense makes sense. Maybe I think, you know, and I feel like with all the remote recording now, a lot of that might just be, you could just do it that way, you know, record on a platform, have it transcribed. Yeah. But I have, I have mixed feelings because I, I do think there is some value to being able to basically search your entire life to say like what, was talked about or what did someone mention to me? So I guess to bring it back to Apple, like obviously there would be so many privacy uh, implications for something like this, but if Apple were to somehow like the journal app, I think is a great first step and maybe an example of saying, let us privately and securely conglomerate all of you, your photos, your music, your podcasts, your locations, like let us do that on device locally, privately. So we can give you a picture later of like what your day was. And honestly, like, I don't mean to be morbid, but, uh, I, I mentioned it before. I lost my father almost a year ago, uh, to a heart attack and I have his phone and I have not erased his phone or anything. It's still left there. And I'm actually eager and curious to run the journal app on his phone and see like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I should do this, but I am oh, curious, yeah. like, could this actually like create memories of days when we all did things as a family and he had a photos or videos that I didn't or whatever. And like to be able to look back and see like, this was a day of his life. I don't know if that's good or not. I don't know if I should do that or not, but I'm curious to see if it's possible and if it would do that. And I think the journal app is a better step than maybe wearing something around your neck that records everything all the day. But anyway, that's one of the things. So is journal retrospective? Unthinkingly assumed it was like day one, uh, which I'm not very keen on, but I think it will be retrospective because it has, I mean, at least with photos and things like that. And, you know, like music, your play history is in music. It can tell you how many times you listen to a song. And I assume it has the metadata of when you were playing that song. The same with podcasts, Mm. if you've used Apple Podcast. So I I assumed it would be retrospective, but I'm not 100%. So I, I think that these things just creep people out and I don't think they go very well. You know, just the other day, uh, my wife was on Facebook, you know, a great Mark Zuckerberg production over there. And it has this new feature where it says on this day, this many years ago, here's a memory. Why don't you add one from now? And her grandmother passed away a year ago. And here's a photo of her grandmother from 2015. And it's like, why don't you post one from now? And it's like, that didn't mm-hmm. go well. That's not what you <laughs> want people to see when you go on your website. It, it is unfortunate because I also like would get notifications like, you know, it's your dad's birthday. Give him a call. And it's like, well, right. How can I yeah, tell yeah. you this is not possible anymore? Yeah, that's not. Yeah. So, so I don't know, like sci-fi wise from Apple. I feel like Apple vision pro is pretty sci-fi. I think I do. Here's the one feature that I would spend $3,500 on to buy an Apple, whatever. If I could get a pair of glasses that actually look like glasses. And whenever I met someone that I had previously met, but I forgot their name, yes. it just shows me their yes. name <laughs> in front of my face. Yeah. And the other person can't see it, but I can. And I could say, Hey, John. And I don't have to have that moment of like, oh, shoot, this person remembers my name and I don't remember theirs. <laughs> that's, that's worth it for I'm me. in support of that. That's I'm the Star Trek feature I want. William, yeah. what about you? What, what Star Trek feature do you want? Tea? You want it to make tea for you? Oh, okay, that's you. Replicators. <laughs> that, would be, that would be so fast. No more cooking, no more washing that's up. That's wonderful. Afterwards, my mind was going to faster than light travel and transporters. Oh, but my God. No, I don't know if Apple's going to solve that. <laughs> Yeah. In the next eight years. <laughs> Mug of tea and a sausage sandwich, I'm sorted. Bit of chocolate afterwards. Sure. Yes, that's that's my new wow. horizon. Amazing. Okay. 
Mm. But, but no, but for real, like any, anything, any future thing that you that you've always just wished Apple could make or. I'm actually running through Deep Space Nine in my head to see what was in there that I liked. They had very good lifts, but I don't really feel that's quite the thing we're looking at here. So I'm going to go with, I would I'd probably wear one of those com badges if they were done and they sorted yeah. it out. Um, yeah, I could see me doing that, slapping my chest to saying, <laughs> William to Stephen. No, not that Stephen. <laughs> no. Oh, well, can I leave a message with this? Yeah, yeah okay. All hey, right. uh, hey uh, AI, prank call Stephen. Thank you. Just hang <laughs> Neil, what about you? What uh, what Star Trek? You want to beam beam me up? The thing that I'm really excited about is augmented reality, and I've always thought it would be cool to have yeah. some sort of like you know you think about like laser tag or paintball, but imagine doing that with an Apple headset where you skin the world around you, skin the people around you, That'd and it cool. could be actually something that's healthy. It could be athletic. You go out and you run around and do something and play like you're a kid, but it's like a live action video game. I think that would be a really exciting development. That would be cool. I think Apple Vision Pro years from now will get there. Like it'd be awesome if to yeah. feel like you're running in Hoth or some Star Wars galaxy or. For William, the Hogwarts, running through the halls of Hogwarts. Thank you, thank you. I'm suddenly thinking, is this a way to play this pickleball sport <laughs> that I had never uh, heard of before this week? AR but apparently pickleball. It's really AR awesome. pickleball. I would yeah. 100%. Now, AR pickleball sounds like a, a professor yeah. of education somewhere. I did see okay. people. Sorry. You, you could play pickleball against Shakespeare. Okay. Whoa. What is pickleball? Oh, William. Okay. I'm skipping this because I just genuinely want to know what in the world is this thing. Apparently, it's not tennis, but that doesn't help. It's tennis on a much smaller court and with much louder noises that (laughs) annoy everybody nearby. Or it's table tennis, but larger. (laughs) Whichever way you want to go with it. Right, that's it. Okay. Easier on the knees. Oh, right. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's called pickle because Uh, you... The the ball's greenish. The The ball's greenish. And it's very loud. From from Neil, from your reactions, it sounds like you're not crazy about pickleball. Is that accurate? Ah, it's fine. Whatever. I, I literally have, you I literally have a pickleball net in my garage that we bring out and we play in our front yard. <laughs> People <laughs> love it around good, here. So. It's good for kids. You know, the, the kids can do yeah, it because yeah. tennis is hard and table tennis. I enjoy table tennis a lot. And I actually saw the, what is the MetaQuest 3, uh, Facebook's new headset. There's actually a ping pong thing, but I have to imagine there's not good latency on that. Uh, ping pong can be a very fast game, but. Yeah, it's pickleball, William. So is it just that I'm not in the States uh, that I haven't heard of it? It's a big thing there? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, huge. It's caught on big time. It, I mean, it's caught, there's like yeah. little uh, like issues with it because they're taking some tennis courts and making them into pickleball courts, which angers the yeah. tennis people. And then if it's near like housing, the pickleball is very loud. Like it's louder mm-hmm. than tennis because it's a hard racket with a hard wiffle ball style ball. And so mm-hmm. people are complaining about noise. Yeah, it's... Yeah, the park near me, they tore out the bocce ball and put in pickleball. So. See, look at that. Bocce. <laughs> oh, right. The rest okay. of the show is it's not going to be us explaining tonight. sports. Okay. Why do they call it cricket, William? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Do they? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cricket. Well, that's that's been a great show. Thank you to all our listeners who sent recordings and questions and for listening and supporting the show over many years. Some of you reached out on social media said you've been listening since the beginning, which is awesome. And Neil, thanks so much for joining us on this 500th yeah. episode. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be here. Fun to have you, William. Thank you for many years of service. Well, if anyone has been listening, could they just jot down how long they've spent listening? Because I'd really like to know how many minutes of Apple Insider podcasts there are. Driving me spare. Are you trying to do? You, you want to do the math? Five hundred episodes times. Yes, that's that's a lot of hours. An hour each. Yep. I, I'm good on the 500. I've just worked ask that Chad one out. GPT, it's the times. Ask your rewind. Oh, actually, good yeah, idea. Yeah, just ask ChatGPT. Yes, oh, I'll go. do that. I'd say ask okay, Siri, thanks. but she's not going to get it right. But anyway, yeah, ask ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, thank you all so much. If, if you'd like to support the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash Apple Insider or directly on Apple Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Five-star rating. Give it a shout-out on the show. And of course, check out HomeKit Insider and Apple Insider daily for all your Apple news. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.